Today, we're going to be talking about the walk. Now, the walk is a very Christianese term. It's a very Christian term that we use. It's our, our own language. Um, you know, it, we, we mean one thing, but we're going to say this other more spiritual sounding thing. And the walk is one of them. The walk can be best described in Colossians. So if you have your Bibles at home, please flip over to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. And we're going to read this. And then I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to think about it for a second. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. This is the walk. The walk is to receive Christ Jesus and live your life in him. This is what it means. So when I say the walk, now that we've, we've read that, what comes to mind? What's the image that you get brought into your head? Just go ahead and think about that for a second while I talk, because this is important. The way you think about the walk will dictate how you walk. A lot of people like the footsteps in the sand. You know, that you're walking along a beach and God is right there with you, even though you can't see him, but his footsteps are there and you can see him. Some people are more, you know, a follow leader, a Simon Says type where, you know, God is walking one direction and they are following. I like this one. What's the reason you go to a wedding? A lot of people would say, well, to see the bride walk down the aisle for the first time. That would be silly. That's a fashion show. No, the true reason you go to the wedding is to see the couple join as one and walk out of that aisle and out of the church together or the venue together as one in step as one person. When I think of the walk, I think of this image. I think of me coming together with Christ and walking in step with him. And today we're going to unpack that a little bit. We're going to unpack what the walk means, what the walk kind of doesn't mean, and just some hopeful, helpful hints that, uh, that you guys can use. And next week we're going to get into some more practical things and training. This, but this week we're going to talk about some of the more abstract things. Um, so if I lose you at any point, go ahead, you know, get back in it. You're all right. No worries. You can, you can rewatch this. So that's the nice thing. But let's start off. My first point is this. The walk is filled with change. The walk is filled with change. This might sound odd, and, and I want to unpack this. But first and foremost, I want you to notice what the walk is at the beginning. Again, the, going back to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. When we begin our walk with Christ, our lives should change in a drastic fashion. There's some things that in this life that we do that we shouldn't do anymore. The, the best example in the New Testament I can find is, is really Saul. I mean, there's others, but this one's the most flushed out. Okay. This is the one that we, we know most about because we see Saul as this prosecutor of the church. We see Saul as this person who thought he was doing what was right in God's eyes, but wasn't. 
If you want to read Saul's story, and I highly encourage you to do so, go to Acts chapter 9. You can look it up in Google. You can even look up Saul's story. Um, there might be some more graphical stuff. I, I do recommend that you read it out of the, the Bible first. But Acts chapter 9 describes Saul's conversion. Eventually, he'll be called Paul. And let me give you the synopsis of it real quick. Saul believed he was doing what was right in God's eyes and was persecuting, killing, and throwing in jail Christians, people who followed Christ. He didn't do it for personal benefit. He didn't do it for power or anything like that. He just really thought he was doing what God wanted him to do. Well, he had a come-to-Jesus moment. And in that come-to-Jesus moment, he changed his life drastically. Throughout the rest of his story, instead of persecuting the church, he loved the church. He loved on the church. He loved the people. He loved Gentiles. He loved everyone. Instead of using his, his God-given rights to abuse, he used them to love. So there's the first one, but I want to focus on the other part as well. Continue to live your lives in him. See, here's the other side. There's Peter, the apostle. In Acts chapter 10 and 11, we see a shift in Peter's prejudices. Yeah, he had prejudices. He was the leader of the church at the time, but he still had prejudices. He struggled with the thought of Gentiles becoming Christians. It just his. It was so ingrained in his DNA as a Jew to distrust Gentiles that they were unclean, they were dirty, they 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 didn't deserve to be in the temple. So thus, in this new Christian era, he didn't think they deserved to worship God fully. Maybe in a partial way they could, but he he was struggling with this internal battle. Well, in Acts chapter 10 and 11, Peter has a shift in his thinking. A man named Cornelius, a Gentile, a Roman even, a Roman uh, soldier, calls to him and says, Hey, I want to know more about this Christ situation. I, I, I want to know more. And Peter goes, but he, he's conflicted. Well, Christ put that, puts that out of his mind in a vision. Christ brings down a picnic basket worth of stuff, a, a picnic blanket worth of bacon. And, and you know, <laughs> well, it wasn't literally bacon. It was a pig. It was an alligator. It was, so basically he's, he's you know, got a picnic table for worth of gator tail tacos and, you know, bacon, pork steaks, everything else. And I hope you're hungry because we'll talk about food a little more. Um, but here's the deal. God says, eat this. Well, Peter, being a good Jew, says, no, this stuff's unclean. And God says, don't call what I have made clean unclean. Now, his point wasn't eat whatever you want. His point was, go to the Gentiles. Love the Gentiles for me. See, the walk is filled with change. At the end of Peter's story, it wasn't just Peter who had to change his mind. It was the whole the ruling council of the Christians. It was the leadership of the Christians. It was the elders. And in Acts eleven eighteen, they praised God saying, God has even given his grace to the Gentiles. 
after Peter explained why he did what he did. See, the walk is filled with change. Don't think that when, as soon as you get baptized, all of a sudden you're done and you're, you stop changing. No, the, the walk is filled with growing, with different changes. Just as a seed does not stay the same, as Jesus says, it must die and grow something new. Paul flushes that out a little more. We have to change it while we're on the walk. The other, my next point. So first is the walk is filled with change. The second thing is the walk is filled with consistency. This sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but hear me out. There's two things that you cannot change in the slightest in the walk. These two things are paramount. There's more than these two things, but I want to focus on these two things because I think they, they matter more than a lot of us may believe. Jesus died and was resurrected. This is a truth that you cannot change. And our sins are forgiven. Again, something we cannot change. Here's the deal. 1 Corinthians 15, 12, and 19. If you have your Bibles, you can flip over there. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. It's an incredible thing when a church struggles with something. Because churches should struggle with things. We should ask questions. We should wrestle with what God has given us. That's part of the, the walk is change as well. But sometimes we stray away from what God truly intended. Sometimes God doesn't mind, you know, if, if your mind goes to the wedding and a few people walking down the aisle. God doesn't always mind it if you're like, hey, let's walk this way a little bit. You know, God doesn't mind that. He'll, he'll still keep on his trail, but kind of maybe hold your hand a little farther out. But every once in a while, when we get too far away, God God. Put somebody in our life to push him, push us back towards him. He won't ever forcibly pull us, but he'll put things in our lives to say, hey, you're kind of getting a little far away from me. And I think the church in Corinth was starting to, to move away a little bit because they started doubting the resurrection. They started doubting the resurrection from the dead. But here's the problem. If you doubt the resurrection from the dead, well, let me let Paul talk about it because Paul puts it in a better way. So uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19 says this, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection on the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your father or your faith is futile. You are still in your sins then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people 
most to be pitied. If we don't believe the truth that Jesus rose from the dead, then our walk is useless. There's a popular um, saying out there of, you know, like, like a dog looking at a human running. Or, or an animal or a cheetah or somebody, you know, some sort of predator or a deer or something looking at an animal running, going, why are they running? What is chasing them? The animals don't understand, well, like, what's the meaning of this running? Are they chasing after something? Are they running from something? You know, a lot of us know that we run to keep ourselves healthy. But the fact is, if you run, yet you eat all the junk food you can, what's the point? And see, that's where we're at here. You cannot believe that Jesus is who he says he is without understanding that he died and resurrected from the dead. The next bit is also true. You, you cannot believe that God extends grace without knowing that he extends grace to all, as John 3.16 says. But also Romans 8. If you, if you have your Bibles, again, flip to Romans chapter 8. It's just one, if you're in 1 Corinthians, it's just one book to the left here. But Romans chapter 8, I, I, this is my favorite book of the Bible. And this is my favorite chapter of the Bible. Because just the beginning of this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. This is one of, this is the gospel right here in these two verses. That through Jesus, we don't have to worry about our sins any longer. Does that mean we won't mess up? No, but it also means that we know what to do when we do sin. We need to take it. We need to give it to God and say, God, I'm so sorry. And we need to come to our brothers in Christ and say, I need help. I can't do this alone. And they will bear this burden with us. Here's the deal, church. The walk does not mean you are perfect. It means you walk with perfection. Again, the walk does not mean you are perfect. It means you walk with perfection. Jesus is the perfect person. Jesus is the perfect God. Jesus is perfection incarnate. And you don't have to be perfect. His perfection covers you. That is why he died. That is why he forgives us of our sins, so that we can enjoy perfection with him. And not just temporarily in this life, but eternally. The walk is just what we call this life's walk, but it, it's the we're walking towards eternity. We're not walking for no reason. We're not walking just because. We're walking first and foremost so that God will change our hearts. So we can look more like Him. And we walk because God has promised things and is consistent in His promises. And we walk because we walk with God. We walk with perfection. We don't follow God in, in a way that we can never catch up to Him. 
We don't walk in front of God thinking we are above Him and we are ahead of Him. We walk beside God because He invited us there. And that's the key to the walk. We might try to stray away from God, but God always is there and consistently walking towards eternity. And it is our choice on if we are going to join Him in that walk or if we were going to run away. Let's, let me just mention a few reasons why I believe this and why I'm so adamant about this, because here's the deal. We don't have to be perfect to go on this walk with God. We just have to do it. And we have to strive to be more like God. This is true. But God also understands we're broken. Let me give you some examples of some broken people that God really worked in their lives. First and foremost, let's talk about Abraham. Abraham, number one, tried to make God's promise true himself. Him and his wife made a decision together to, for Abraham to sleep with another woman. He also lied about who his wife was and gave his wife as someone else's wife. He gave his wife away. He did that two times in Genesis 12 and Genesis 20. Now, we don't know the extent of that, but still. Abraham wasn't perfect. Moses. Moses was a big one. Moses got to be in the presence of God, was, was known as a friend of God. But in Numbers chapter 20, we see Moses getting angry. And not listening to God's direction. And instead of speaking to a rock, he takes his staff and smacks it twice. And water pours out of it, just as God said it would. But he didn't do it quite right, and he messed up. And he got punished for that, but he was still known as a friend of God. Let's open a big one. Let's, let's open David. King David. Man, this guy. Known after a man after God's own heart. But in 2 Samuel 11, he commits adultery, he lies, and then commits murder. And then lies more about it. It's crazy. Peter. The guy we talked about earlier, the guy with the food, you know, coming down. The, how he was able to allow God to change his life. But here's the deal. He still had on, held on to those prejudices because Paul has to call him out later on. Saying, hey, Gentiles don't have to follow Jewish traditions to be a Christian. They just have to believe in Jesus. So even after Cornelius' house, he still struggles with this prejudice. But also before that, he struggled with fear. He was in the presence of Jesus. He, he heard Jesus' teachings. He knew what Jesus was going to have to go through. And yet when Jesus was being tried, Peter lied about knowing Jesus. But here's the deal. Jesus was perfect. It didn't matter. God is perfect. It didn't matter about what these people did. All that mattered was that God forgave them. And church, <laughs> maybe you haven't committed 
murder or adultery or, but all of us have probably lied. All of us deserve death. Romans 3.23 says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. But it doesn't stop there. Romans 8 talks about there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, as we talked about before. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who walk with Christ and continually try to do that throughout their lives, there is no condemnation for the sins that we have committed. And this is how... This is how we have faith in the eternity that God promises. This is the walk. And if you want to start your walk today, there's a connect card that you can fill out. It should be somewhere around this video, um, either in the comment section or uh, attached to the description. And if you want to start this walk, you can contact us. We would be more than happy to sit down and talk with you, either via phone call, Zoom call, or in person. Whatever you feel comfortable with, we want to talk about this. And maybe, maybe you're struggling with your walk. Maybe your walk hasn't been as easygoing as you thought it should be. Well, that's okay. These guys all were in the walk when they screwed up. And God still welcomed them back. So don't let this just die here. Join us. Join us broken people who are just walking with perfection.